Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. Find in your Bibles Isaiah 6. I don't want you to miss this. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, this is Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin has been atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am. Send me. I mean, do you see what happened to this dude? Isaiah sees the world for what it is. Isaiah sees that there's, there's nothing the world offers him that meets his need. This world offers him, not, I don't know about you, but I see the same thing in this world. I can't buy enough stuff to keep up. I can't be cool. There's not a cool bone in my body. I can't be cool enough to keep up. Keep up. Listen, I, if you're like me, the world has offered me so much and given me so little back. And Isaiah sees God for who he is, high, lifted up, holy. And he sees this juxtaposition of this is what the world offers and this is what God offers. And then in the middle of that, Isaiah has this aha moment. I mean, it's like an Oprah show moment where, where it's like Oprah got him right to the point of tears and all of a sudden he said, whoa. I'm not sure if he said it that Southern, but he said it. Whoa. If he was from Southern California, he would have said like, whoa, dude, you know. If he was from like Valdosta, he said, whoa. But nonetheless, he said it. Whoa. Now, we, we don't understand the power of that word. Whoa was, wait a minute, I see me compared to God. I see him high and lifted up. I see him holy, holy, holy. I see his glory fill this place. And then I see that versus the real me. Whoa, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a man who's not, this, I'm living for this world. I'm I'm not living for the one who made me. But he goes on and he says, and I I live and hang out with people who are like me. I go to work with people who ought to say, whoa, I'm a person of unclean lips. I I, I play ball. My kids, we're at the ball field with my kids. Whoa. 
And then, and then watch this. When he recognizes his sinfulness and he recognizes the people around him, his culture, and how desperately they have run from the holiness of God and become more what this world offers, and they put more of their hope in this world that continues to, to let them down and continues to let them suffer and continues to let them struggle. When, when he sees that, then th- that coal... That, that seraphim grabs that coal with tongs from the altar. Imagine pulling out from the bottom of your fireplace on a night where you've had a fire for three or four hours and you see that wood that's orange hot. He reaches down with tongs and he pulls that out. And, and, and suddenly we begin to understand that that smoke, that hot heat is representative in the teaching of the Spirit of God as it comes and it touches his lips. And the Spirit of God says, now you're clean. Now I can use you. Now you've seen God for who he is versus who you are. Now you've seen God for who he is versus this world. Now all of your fear can go away. Now all of your fret can go away. Now all all of your longing can be met. Now all of your hopelessness can be replaced with hope. Now you can be used. Now you can go. Now I can use you. And Isaiah hears God say, who will go for? And I love how the English Standard Version puts it. He says, who will go for us? Maybe you've got a King James Version that says, who will go for me? But, but literally, God is saying to Isaiah, who will go for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Who will go for us? Who will trust me as creator? Who will trust Jesus as Savior? Who will allow the Holy Spirit as sustainer to take you and use you and mold you and make you and you be something that's different from what this world offers? Now you can bring all our hope might be in him. And Isaiah sees it for what it is. In the middle of that opportunity, Isaiah answers the great question, why? You know what I've learned? When we know why, we can do almost anything. If I know, and if I, if I know why I should give, I give. If I know why I should sacrifice, I sacrifice. If I know why I should work, I work. If I know why I should be at a certain point, a certain time, I'm there. If I know why, I'm all in. Aren't you like that? But if you don't know why, you're just kind of like, yeah, kind of hang around on the periphery. I'll sit in the stands, watch y'all play. It's all good. Isaiah has this moment where he says, wait a minute, I, I now know why. I know why I should gather together and worship. I know why I should give. I know why I should go. I, I understand that. I mean, it's, it's little things in life that we need to know why for. Like, you, you've seen that big, big trailer out there on wheels is our sign. It breaks every ordinance in the city. All of them. All of them. Well, Chuck, do you do it just to tick somebody off? Maybe. But I wouldn't do that. But over the last three weeks, five Spanish-speaking families saw that side of the sign and came in our doors because they saw that sign. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. Two people out of those five families have already prayed and given their life to Christ. Why do you put it out there? 
I've seen God high and lifted up. I've seen what he does to change people's lives. I saw Steve when he sat right there at that bench and prayed and gave his life to Christ. I saw him baptized at 930. I've seen him sitting there with his Bible open. I've seen him taking copious notes. I've seen his life change. I saw at 9.30, I saw Charles, a trainer from Bodyplex, sit there every Sunday morning soaking it up and taking in God's Word and doing his best to allow God to do something in his life. I've seen Beverly Weddlestead. I've seen what she's done in her business down at Win-Win. And I see her invite more people to come to the house of God than some of you who have been sitting here for decades have done in your lifetime. You know why? Now, some of you are saying, yeah, but you know what? I've, I've seen Beverly, too. I'm going to pick on you, Bev. I, I've seen her tattoos all, all over her body, and, I've been, and I know her past, and I know what she's been. Guess what? We know what you are. And you know what God said? I'm going to take all that mess, and I'm going to turn it into a treasure, and I'm going to use her and I'm going to do something extraordinary because she saw God high and lifted up and he took those tongs and he pressed on those lips and he said, I'm going to use you. You want to know why we go? We, we go because of God. We, we go because of God. Anybody can go to Haiti and feed hungry kids, but when you go because you've been touched by God, when you've seen him for who he is, now you go under the banner, under the provision, under the power of the God who created those children. Why on earth wouldn't you want to do that? Why do I give? I give because I've seen God for who he is. Can, can I, can, I, let me just get, I'm so far off my notes now, it doesn't even matter, all right? So if you're up there pushing the buttons, I'm just sorry. Hang on. Are you like me, and every now and then you just get worried about money? I mean, really, are you like me? It just freak you out when you just get worried about I, Jenny will tell you, I am the biggest mess in the world when I get worried about money. I turn into a disastrous, depressed mess. Babe, is that safe to say? Thank you for that encouragement. Um, <laughs> my sweetheart has the spiritual gift of sarcasm. Um, yeah, she is. Yeah, she is amazing. If you listen to the podcast, Jackie Young just said, you're amazing, babe. Um, so we used to just have the church take out of my check what we give. But I, I became convicted that I wanted to do something tangible, either give it online or use a new service we're going to call called Push Pay or write a check or something. So uh, a few minutes ago, I said, hey, babe, go ahead and write our check. And uh, I told her to write it for $100 less than I knew I was supposed to. Because I was a little worried about getting from here to Friday. Or you know what I'm saying? Because I know what the commitments are. And we're singing that song. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, Chuck, you are the biggest hypocrite on the stinking planet. All you do is tell people to trust God and see him for what he is, high and lifted up, and you won't even trust him for a hundred bucks. So I leaned over and I said, hey, babe, would, would you write another check for a hundred dollars? And being the Holy Spirit in my life that she is, she turned around and she said, told you. <laughs> but it had a little head bob to it, like, told you. 
I really do believe if you're looking for something fresh in your life to change you from where you are to where God would long for you to be, it starts with you, you got to see God for who he is. What's the answer to why? Why do I give? Why do I go? Why do I serve? Why would I invite people to church? Why would I be encouraging? Because you see God for who he is versus who we are. There he is, high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. Did you know that you are part of that whole earth, that he breathed you into existence, that you might be filled with his glory? Why on earth would we settle for less? We go, we give, we gather because of God. It starts there. Hudson Taylor was a great old missionary who went to China, and he interviewed a bunch of young, young people who'd come out of churches like ours and said, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And he, see, he asked them the great question, why would you want to go? They gave him question, answers like, well, you know, I believe Jesus told us to. I mean, they gave him all the right church answers, you know. And he finally put them all together. I want to read this to you because I want to make sure I get this quote right. He looked at all those young leaders and he said, all these motives, however good, are going to fail you in times of testing, trials, tribulations, and possibly death. There's but one motive that will sustain you in trial and testing, namely the love of Jesus. You ever been where you just didn't know what to do? You're frustrated, you're hurt, you've been wounded, somebody's left you, somebody's betrayed you. You lost your job, your wife's got cancer, your husband's cheated on you, whatever it is. You know the one thing that'll sustain you? When you see God for who he is and he know, you know he's holding you right there in the palm of your, his hand and he reaches over and he grabs you with his arms and he says, come on, I've got you. You're my boy, you're my girl, I got you. I love you. I never let him, I've got you, just love me, just obey me. We go because of God. But it all starts with a call. Isaiah's call started with a confrontation. I mean, think about it. Isaiah gets called by God. Isaiah sees God for who he is versus who Isaiah is and his culture is. And he says, woe is me. And he begins with this call. And then there comes a confrontation, this confrontation of, wait a minute, whoa, this is good. Sometimes I think we miss the confrontation of the gospel of Jesus. We're so busy trying to make people feel good about the gospel, we've forgotten that the gospel confronts us with how bad we are versus how good God is. I, I, be, I believe truly Isaiah's experience is one that we've got to have before God can use us in an amazing way. We've got to have this confrontation that, wait a minute, there he is high and lifted up. Here I am in my own sin and my own selfishness. Do you, you know what I believe Satan's number one goal is in your life and in mine? to cause us to think about us, not him. Think about it. Why, why would I not want that extra hundred bucks? Because I'm thinking about me, not about him. Why, why, why would I not be an encouragement to that waiter at, at the restaurant we eat at today? Well, because I'm thinking about me, not about her, not about her, not about him. We had dinner last night with Morgan and Heather Hutchins, and Morgan was saying, Chuck, last week you got them preaching about we ought to, man, we ought to be inviting people to church. We need to get people there. Chuck, I know you got this 2020 thing going on where we got to invite people to church. Yeah, we went to our, uh, to our restaurant last week, and the, the server who came clearly couldn't have cared less about church looked at us and said, well, you're dressed up. Did you go to church today? And Morgan said, well, yeah, I did. And then he said, I remember what you said. And I looked at her and I said, I wish you'd come with me next week up to Sugar Hill Church. They're just a bunch of normal people up there who just happen to love Jesus. They'd love for you to come on. I don't know if you're here today, but thanks for coming if you are. 
You know how Steve wound up in, in a baptistry? Because Danny Payne, one of our group leaders at work, just started telling him, hey, man, let me, you need to come to church. Let me tell you about what's going on. There's normal people like you just saw God for who he was versus who we are. I mean, there was a call. There was a confrontation. Isaiah saw the glory of the Lord. And in the middle of that, he had this clear comprehension of what was going on around him. Wait a minute. Because I've been called by God, because I, I, I've, been, I've been compelled and I've seen this, I, I have this comprehension of what's going on. And then the most beautiful thing, when I comprehend God versus us, God versus me, my sin, his holiness, my cultural sin, his holiness, my church sin, his holiness, he begins to say, wait a minute, I've got to get cleaned up. Woe is me. I live among people and I am one of those people who needs a fresh start. And God said, boom, I got you. I got you. Here, just fall down. I'll catch you. Just let me hold you. I'll take you. I'll take you just the way, way you are and all your mess, all your problems. You don't have to clean up and take a bath. You can just come on to me. You, you don't have to dress the right way. Come to me. You don't have to get your hair cut. Come on to me. You don't have to stop cussing. Just come on to me. You don't have to put your alcohol down before you come to me. Just come to me. I'll do all that. You don't, you, just just take, bring all your addictions. Come to me. Jesus says, when you see God for who he is, just come any way you are and bring all your junk. And I'll take you just the way you are. Why do we go? Why shouldn't we go? We go because of God. Fritz Kreisler uh, was a famous uh, violinist. He was a composer. He, he made a ton of money back in his day. Being a very gracious guy, he gave away most of it. But one day in his travels, he found this unbelievable violin worth tens of thousands of dollars. And he, he didn't have any money to buy it. So he saved and he saved and he saved. And he went back to the shop to buy the violin. And when he got there, the guy said, well, I've already sold it. And he said, well, can I track down who bought it? The guy gave him the address. He goes to the home, knocks on the door, and he sees these instruments on the wall. This guy's a collector of instruments. And he walks in, he looks at the guy, he says, man, do you, do you play? He said, no. He said, I just, look how beautiful they are. And the guy said, yeah, that violin, I've come to buy that violin. He said, well, you can't have it. It's not for sale. And Fritz was just crushed by it. He saved all his money. That's what he wanted to do. He kind of dejected, hung his head, starts to walk out the door. He turns around, he looks at the guy, and he says, hey, listen, would you mind if I played that violin just one time? And the guy opened the case and pulled the violin down and took that bow and handed it to Fritz Kreisler and he tuned it up real quick and he began to play that, that this beautiful music that he had composed and the home began to be filled with the presence of that beautiful rhythm and that beautiful music and, and at the end of the time the owner of the violin looked at him and he said sir I cannot hang on to that because you sir have been given the greatest gift go fill the world with your music Listen to me. Isaiah had been filled with the presence and the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God. And God sent him out and said, go share it with the world. And he's telling you, why should we go? Why should we invite people? Why should we give? Why should we gather to worship? Because of God. Because of who he is and who we're not, we go. We, we go because people are better when they receive Christ, but that's not the only reason. We go because people in marriages are rescued when Christ is enthroned in the home, but that, that's not the only reason. I mean, we, we go because nations are able to live in liberty and peace when they're founded on the principle of Christ's truth, but that's not the only reason we go. We go first and foremost because of God, his compelling glory, his purity, his love, his mercy, his grace, his goodness. 
because of who he is versus who we are. But we also go because people have needs. If we have the spirit and the mind of Christ living within us, if we see him clearly, we will have had this great calling. We'll be compelled. We'll see this comprehension. We'll, we'll be cleaned up like he was. We'll be commissioned by him to go. We'll know why we do what we do. We will know that we're to take the great commission and go, make disciples, baptize them like Bobby did in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with Steve at 930, and teach them everything Jesus has commanded. And we'll go because we want to be used by him as part of his rescue and his redemption and his reconciliation of people to himself. And God picked you to go. Now, I know some of you are saying, wait a minute, Chuck, you don't get it. You just clearly don't get it. You've got REV in front of your name. Your job's to make me feel like I ought to go. My job's really not to make you feel like you ought to go. My job is to introduce to you what could happen if you chose to be obedient to the one who made you. To share this truth. To be able to say, you know, this is a place that believes this word is true. This, this is a guide for our life that it teaches us that Jesus is the biggest deal on the planet. And when we serve others in his name, we're loving people the way he told us to. That's why we go. Because we're created, we're called, and we're commissioned by the Spirit of God to go, to give, to gather and worship. Because we've seen him for who he is. Every follower of Jesus is in the same position Isaiah was. Woe is me. I'm a person of unclean lips. And every person is in the same position Isaiah is, where God could reach down and say, I'm going to choose you. Who will go for me? Who will give for me? Who will gather in my name? And you've got an option. You can answer as Isaiah did. Here am I. Send me. Or you know what you can say? For decades, Chuck, I have sat in the chairs or pews of this church and done not one blessed thing, and I'm good with that. Let me lovingly and graciously say to you, then my friend, you need to meet Jesus and invite him into your heart and become a follower of Christ. Because to sit here having heard this and do nothing is to look into the face of God and say, no thanks, I've got this. When all he says is go. Who will go for me? Why? Because of God, because people are in need, because we're created, we're called, commissioned. Folks, Sugar Hill Church, let's yield ourselves to the fire of the Spirit of God and say, I'll go. I'll give. I'll gather to worship. We've come for a purpose. Let's go, let's give, let's gather all we have to tell all we can about Jesus. I'll never forget walking into the Garden of Gethsemane to have a prayer service. Some of you are going to go with me in June. and We'll have this experience. We'll walk into the Garden of Gethsemane and have a private prayer service standing on the ground where Jesus surrendered himself to be taken away. And standing on that holy ground, recognizing who he is versus who I am, I knew that day I was built to go. Now look right here, and I'm going to finish. You ready? So are you. 
you were built to go. We're going to ask you next week to make a commitment. For 20 weeks, every week, I'll invite somebody to come hear the gospel. And you know what my promise to you is? On behalf of Bobby and on behalf of me, on behalf of this church, on behalf of Hector as he sings in the band, here's our promise. We'll sing about Jesus, and the people you bring will hear about him. We'll teach the gospel of Jesus in love and in grace where people have the opportunity to hear Jesus. And we'll welcome people just where they are, just the way they are, any way they are, to come into the house of God and say, we love you. Why on earth wouldn't you go and just invite 20 people over 20 weeks to just come hear the gospel? But we're also going to ask you to give $20 a week for 20 weeks. If you give zero today, and by the way, that is the vast majority of you. The vast majority of you came in today and this week you gave zilch, zero, nothing. I'm going to ask you for 20 weeks, will you give 20 bucks? 20 bucks a week, 20 weeks. You say, well, Chuck, I, 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 don't, I, I don't have 20. Okay. Would you trust God? Just, just trust him. And would you invite the 20 people? Why? Because I've seen God high and lifted up. And I know who he is versus who I am. So today, maybe, the only way you can start is to see God that way and to say, Jesus, I need you to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. I need to ask you to come in and make me new. And I accept your dying for me and raising from the dead as payment for my sin. I want to make a U-turn in my life, and I want to live for you. And if that's your prayer today, I'm going to ask you sometime before you leave this building to see me, see Bobby, see Hector, and tell us so we can pray with you. But unashamedly, I'm going to ask you as you leave today, go. In the name of Jesus, see God for who he is and go. And tell somebody about him.